This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, hey, hey. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, there's, you should hear a third hey. (laughs) Surprise, there's a special person here. We do. We have a special guest this week. We do. We do do have a special person here. (laughs) That was really awkward. (laughs) That's how we do. (laughs) Listen. We have a Shannon with us today, y'all. Hey, girl, hey. We have a Shannon. We have a Shannon. (laughs) What's a Shannon, you ask? (laughs) (laughs) It's another person. (laughs) Shannon was our very first serial holic, guys. (laughs) She really was. She's she's been around this whole time, following our weird awkwardness. I'm old, you know. Oh my god, (laughs) we haven't been around that long. Damn. been around the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so we thought we'd do something different and have a special guest shannon person and she's gonna gonna do a case for us y'all yeah we're super stoked especially me because i wasn't ready You're like, I didn't have my shit together. So I, I did awesome. not. This week, I actually did not have all of my shit together. <laughs> I have, uh, I had midterms going on and um, lots of homework. And so I was kind of relieved to have a special guest this week. <laughs> You're a relief. <laughs> so do we have any kind of business to talk about before or? We, we really don't. Um, just been busy and had the midterms, had the um have some stuff that I'm getting ready for uh, I got a Christmas open house for t-shirt business <laughs> um nothing really exciting other than just buried with work and school so you know same old same old stuff fun stuff well Crystal and I did a haunted walking tour yesterday in downtown Memphis I saw that on Facebook and was super jealous it was pretty fun. I really liked the tour guide. Like I felt like she was, yeah, she was very personable. She was super into it. And she, she was pretty funny. I will say me and one of my best friends, Stephanie actually just bought, hey, Stephanie. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Stephanie. Uh, we just bought one of those, um, a spirit box. Um, she bought a spirit, spirit box. boxes. I don't know. Yes. So for all those paranormal people out there, spirit boxes are kind of a way to communicate kind of communicate with the dead kind like of communicate but you can hear you're supposed to be able to hear them like you ask questions and then the spirit box is supposed to be able to like pick up if there's any spirits like responding or yes okay so she's so, going to this supposedly really in real life haunted ass place and they decided to buy a spirit box to take with them <laughs> yeah we're we're stoked and then we decided that we're just going to start taking it everywhere we go <laughs> Right. Say, next time you come down here, you should see if they can get her into Ernestine and Hazel's because yeah. they said that's one of the most haunted places in Memphis. 
Yeah. Um, I'm super, super excited. In fact, it's, it's crazy. Stephanie was telling me about the place that I'm doing this, uh, Christmas, um, open house for, there's like a bunch of booths and stuff that are going to be set up in this place. Like a vendor market thing. Yeah. And the place that used to be, um, where she used to have like diaper heaven set up because she did, uh, basically helped like families and parents and stuff that needed, you know, supplies for babies. Diapers. Yeah. <laughs> well, not just diaper. It yeah. was diapers. She, she did it through the church. Like the church sponsored her and stuff. Um, it was a great little thing that she did. Um, she started all up. Well, this place, I guess is supposedly haunted because when she used to do the diaper heaven set up there, like at night, um, when nobody was there and all the doors were locked, she'd hear like women, a woman screaming footsteps upstairs. Uh, one person, there's another guy that has a photography business up there too, that said he saw somebody like by the basement before. So it's really creepy. We're going to take it up there. (laughs) So we're stoked. I'm excited to see if you guys get anything, any recordings or anything on your share box. That'd be really cool to hear. we're, We're excited. So anyways, that's, that's pretty much the most exciting news that I have. I don't really, I'm, I'm kind of lame. Spare boxes. That's not a pretty lame thing. People don't usually just buy those. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they don't just like decide on a random Friday that they want to just buy a spare box. Oh, okay. That's no, just me. <laughs> Got it. At a Walmart. If only there was still a radio shack. You, you probably get it there. Those go on? Pretty sure. Could oh. you buy those things yeah. at a radio shack? <laughs> no, you could get the stuff to make one at a radio shack. Oh, I was like, you could just buy a spear box at a radio shack. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they sold batteries and shit. Anywho, let's go ahead and get into it. I'm like just super stoked to hear Shannon tell a case. <laughs> I know. I don't even know what it is. She was like, she had mentioned like um doing a guest case at some point or whatever. And she was like, I already have something in mind. I- I'm going to start on my notes and I'm, I-, I don't know what it is. I said something Yay. about it last night and she's like I will get on Google <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she gave me like a slight hint and I don't even remember what it was because ghost tour and alcohol but <laughs> sneaking <laughs> off of Beale Street I did <laughs> you're not supposed to do that <laughs> I made my water very obvious that they would pay attention to me and not her <laughs> right <laughs> oh good night <laughs> Okay, well, I am doing the case of the horrible torture and murder of Sylvia Likens. Ah, okay. You know who it is? Oh, I know yeah. this. I know this one. It's a good one, and it's really, really sad. It's horrible. That is a really, it's a, yeah. I hate when I say it's a good one, too, because that's awful wording. <laughs> Every single time, too. That yeah. is <laughs> this is a good one. This is a good case on murder. <laughs> it's, it's not a good one. But it's, it's so a- horribly, awfully, wonderfully brutal. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it is. This is a really bad one. I actually, it's so sad. It's very sad. I actually only came across it because I got an Amazon gift card and was like, okay, let me Google some good murder books to read. And this popped up as one of them. And I read it and I was like, these motherfuckers. Yeah. (laughs) That's the best description of it. (laughs) Are local lore, legends, and laughter your thing? Then come check out our podcast, Or So They Say where two sisters travel small-town America, one ghostly tale at a time. We're your hosts, Midwest Twins Megan and Kelsey. Join us every Thursday, where you get to hear not just the history behind haunted locations, but our own personal experiences as well. 
Faceless nuns. Check. Harmonica playing ghost. Check. Alcohol. You, you betcha. betcha. So join our spooky crew and drink along with us as we investigate a haunted place near you. Stream us wherever you find your favorite podcasts at Or So They Say. Come check us out. Bye. Bye. Sylvia Likens, she was born in 1949 in Indianapolis to Lester and Betty Likens. She was the middle of five kids born between two sets of twins, which if it was me, I would have stopped after the first set of twins. (laughs) (laughs) Two sets of twins, yeah. No, that's a hard pass for me too. (laughs) A little much. I'm so for Danny and Diane. So you already have one of each. So why would you keep going? Right? (laughs) But not even just that. If you've got one set of twins, I would have been done after the first two yeah your first kid you you don't just get a you don't just get one first kid you get two first kids that's a lot I stopped after just one kid (laughs) he's the devil not he's my good son (laughs) um but so Danny and Diane were the oldest set of twins and they were two years older and then Benny and Jenny were one year younger than Sylvia oh that's fun Benny and Jenny (laughs) Benny and Jenny guess it's better than like barbie and ken or something yeah Ugh. i just have Benny and the jets stuck in my head now that's exactly what i was thinking i just didn't want to say it out loud <laughs> Benny and the jets that's i would <laughs> go on <laughs> so sylvia was described as a modest child she was cute and she was liked by everyone her friends called her cookie she was helpful she pitched in doing chores at home she helped out at sunday school she quit school at 16 like the rest of her family, but she still wanted to re-enter it back at uh, Arsenal Tech High School. Her sister Jenny was a year younger than her and had overcome polio, but one of her legs was weaker than the other, and she had a limp and wore a steel leg brace. And because of that, Sylvia was very protective of her. Aww. So in July 1965, Sylvia was 15 and Jenny was 14, and their parents had separated. Their mother had just been arrested for shoplifting, so the girls were left alone to fend for themselves. Just so random. (laughs) She just like sneaks that in there so calmly. I know. Her mother had just been arrested for shoplifting, (laughs) and the kids had to fend for themselves. (laughs) Did she even get anything good? Or like, what did she? (laughs) She didn't get anything. Like, she stuffed something in her purse, and before she got out of the store, a lady was like, You come with me. Oh, man. That sucks. So the oldest, like I'm kind of curious, what did she stick in her purse? <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was a clothing item. Oh, see, it's always the lame things. Why are you stealing something stupid? Like, why aren't you stealing like a spirit box or something? Cool? <laughs> 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 also don't steal kids. Yeah. So Diane was married, but, and Danny and Benny lived with the grandparents. And I don't know why the girls didn't live with the grandparents, but whatever. So the girls were with the father. The girls were with the mother. Dad was just off somewhere doing his thing, I guess. Okay. And so when the mom was arrested, they were just left alone to fend for themselves. Well, that's not cool. No. no. So they had a girl, a girlfriend, Darlene, who introduced them to the Banazuski family. The mom instantly took a liking to Jenny. First night they met, she invited her to stay the night, but not Sylvia. And right. Jenny wouldn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, hey, you can spend the night. You go home. You go home and <laughs> to your empty house. house. Right. <laughs> I feel like that'd be too sketchy to like, no, I'm good. If I can't stay the night, 
if my sister can't stay the night, then yeah, I'm not gonna stay. <laughs> well, Jenny, like, was that's like, I'm not staying unless my sister stays. So she got to stay too. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, I, mean, I don't think I want to stay if they don't want me. So maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. stay if I've just met you, right? I also, if if you're sitting here saying my sister can't stay, like even at all, and then you're like, oh, okay, you know, she can stay. Uh, I, that still seems sketch. Don't stay. <laughs> Why do you want me to stay so bad, you creeper? Right. But when their dad, Lester, finally came back, him and their oldest brother, Danny, came looking for them and the mom, Betty. Lester wanted to join a traveling carnival. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> so he came to gather the family, but Gertrude offered to house the girls for $20 a week because a traveling carnival was no place for girls. Gertrude, your house is no place for girls. <laughs> right. So having only met the woman this one time, he and Betty agreed to it. What the fuck is wrong with you? Right? Which they never even time to inspect the home, which didn't even have a stove how did they prepare meals they had one hot plate how many how many kids did Gert, gertie have seven she had seven kids in one hot plate and was bringing two more in okay like okay what kind of meals do you cook did they have microwave dinners back then just some pop tarts <laughs> did they have pop tarts in 65 probably i don't, I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> So the two girls were sharing a room with three of the Banaszewski children, Marie, Shirley, and Jimmy, who were 12, 10, and 8. And in that room, there was only one bed and a mattress on the floor, and they had to alternate who slept where every night. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. So if Lester and Betty had taken the time to even get to know Gertrude, they would have seen what a hot mess she was. So old Gertie, she had a rough life herself. She was super close to her father and she saw him die of a heart attack when he was 11. Oh. Or she was, she was 11, not him. I was like, damn, <laughs> we had kids early. <laughs> I was about to ask, how old was he? <laughs> she didn't get along with her mom. So she quit school at 16 and got married to John Banaszewski, who was physically abusive to her. Sounds like a good solid plan. <laughs> I don't get along with my mom. So let me go marry this abusive guy. <laughs> they had four children and divorced after 10 years. And she briefly married for uh, Edward Guthrie, but they split after three months because he didn't like her kids. Oh, you'd think you would have um, known that before you got married. Right. <laughs> also, your kids are evil, so I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, um, so evil. she went back, she remarried John. They had two more kids before divorcing the final time in 1963. She then got herself a young boyfriend named Dennis and had a baby with him. He was also abusive. And after she had the baby, he ended up bailing on her. So she filed for child support against him. Where does she find all these abusive men? Like, where is she? Some women just attract that. And she was probably a little cray cray herself. Like, well, we know she was cray cray. Well, we all, we all know she was crazy, but she probably had a type. Yeah, that's true. She probably had a type. And her type just always ended up being a low life piece of shit. And then she filed for child support so she could pay her bills. Yeah. Okay. Get a job, Gertie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, by 1965, when she was 37, she uh, her only income was child support and ironing her neighbor's laundry. Okay. I don't know how much you make from that. I would, I hate ironing so much. Like, I would never. <laughs> I just stick that shit in the dryer. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I don't want some random person touching my clothes. Like, I'm too. She's weird about stuff. Ugh. She's so weird. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> We went on this ghost tour last night. This is a quick detour. 
she's so weird about things. She never ever uses a public restroom ever. Oh, I don't like public restrooms either. I'm really like, even if you have like all day at work, like nothing, she will not. She has to go home and use her her bathroom. She doesn't want to go in there. She had to use three public restrooms yesterday. It was traumatizing. And I went home and it was like, doing the best I could to clean everywhere on me because I was like who knows what's jumped up and gotten on me I don't know I keep telling her that's not how it works but she doesn't believe me ask Crystal how I used to feel about hotels and motels and everything when we would go on trips yeah and that's why we would sleep in the freaking car on the side of the road because she next time you pick a motel that's what I'm doing dude booking.com lied to me (laughs) it's true it's I'm not kidding I, when I was growing up, I used to watch so many documentaries and, and murder shows and stuff. I mean, like I still do, but like, as a kid, I saw so many murders that happened in hotels. Mom would always watch, um, like law and order and criminal minds and all that kind of stuff, which we love. So we'd always watch it too. Yeah. And all the hotels and the motels and all that stuff would always have murders that happened. There was a lot of prostitution. (laughs) That's another thing that I didn't like. So I was all like, uh, we're not staying there because I don't know who slept there. I don't know what's in there. And I don't know who's been murdered. And who knows? Some serial killer could just come in and kill us all. So So let's sleep at a rest stop. That's what I was about to say. (laughs) Instead, they would park at a rest stop and mom and dad would just fall asleep. Just all great and fine. All of us were... Where the little girl gets kidnapped in the bathroom at the rest stop okay so, so all of us would just be awake with the window like, literally. With everything locked <laughs> it would literally be mom and dad asleep resting before they drove more and four small children in the back seat just like look around <laughs> look at that bird that just flew overhead <laughs> did you hear that <laughs> that's true and we're true. like we're hope you're happy samantha <laughs> i've gr- i've grown a lot since then <laughs> anyways continue i don't even remember now <laughs> so uh okay gertie she was 37 by this point barely weighed 100 pounds she was close to having her second nervous breakdown probably because she only had a hot plate and seven <laughs> kids and they were all like, eating whatever food there was <laughs> well not only did she have seven kids but she had had six miscarriages oh so she's 37 and has been pregnant 13 times that is a lot that for is a body <laughs> to go through <laughs> that's a hard pass right okay i'm by then <laughs> like why why did you keep trying i would have just been celibate <laughs> stop don't touch me away. <laughs> don't go breathe in my direction <laughs> oh god okay so um by the time the girls moved in in july of 65 gertrude was struggling to pay rent with her child support and ironing income and uh she couldn't buy enough food for everyone so sometimes meal consisted of only one or two pieces of toast for breakfast no lunch and a bowl of soup for dinner which is where the hot plate came in handy because for the soup, okay. <laughs> you just put everything in one thing. There you go. Yeah. After the second week, Gertrude began to show her true colors. She was worn out from caring for so many kids and keeping up on housework, and she became short-tempered with both girls. The first time, she dragged the girls upstairs and slapped Jenny. She claimed she had taken care of you two bitches for a week for nothing because <laughs> the Lycan's parents hadn't sent money. And the very next day, a it's money been order. A week. Yeah, the very next day, a money order showed up in the mail. Like, calm down, slow your roll. Oh my God. The post office is not that reliable. Right? <laughs> um, we all know that. <laughs> 
when Lester and Betty were in town between carnivals, they would come visit for like 30 minutes to an hour and then leave and give Gertrude another $20, but they never went past the living room. Like they never- So frustrating. Which is so, which is clearly you don't give two shits about your children. Right. Well, they were chasing their dreams with the traveling carnival. (laughs) It was a carny, God dang it. (laughs) Whatever. So one day Gertrude found out all of the kids were looking for empty bottles to turn in for deposits. They don't do that. Do they do that in Kansas? Uh, no, no, no. Um, they used to, but I don't think it's like aluminum is not much money anymore. People don't really do bottles or, I mean, we recycle. Well, this was a thing they did it in New York where you would collect, it didn't matter if it was cans, plastic bottles, glass bottles, and you took them to the grocery store and you got a nickel back per thing. They do that in Iowa because Sean's told me about it. Okay. So I don't think they do that here, but you can take it to the recy- the big recycling center. Like the scrap that, stuff. Yeah. And they'll, and, they'll, yeah. and they'll weigh it and they'll give you whatever it is, you know. And like three weight. garbage bags full of aluminum cans is like $4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would rack up after people would have parties. I would take all the cans and bottles because <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't old enough for a job. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting a nickel a piece. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's not really like you don't, that's not an option. <laughs> it could be somewhere else. It's just not like in my small town or anything. Yeah. So I don't know if the whole state's like that, but I know like in our area where we're at, you can take it to the like the big scrapyard or whatever and get paid for it. But I don't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Gertrude apparently didn't think that it was very classy to do it. So when she found out that, I was going to say, did she get mad because they thought of it before her? Well, or... no. <laughs> apparently, Sylvia and um, I forgot Jenny. Sister. Jenny, thank you. <laughs> Sylvia and Jenny told the other kids about that. They're like, yeah, if we collect mm. all the bottles and stuff, we can go get some spare change. We'll have a little bit of spending money. Go buy some bubble gum or whatever they used to buy back then. Uh, a hoop and a stick. What is that thing that they put? <laughs> Is that the six feet? No, that's way back. I have <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, I wasn't alive in the 60s. <laughs> I'm done. But so Gertrude found out about that and she beat the girls because, you know, because she's a garbage person. <laughs> right. Like she literally paddled both of them with like, you know, those fraternity or, you know, fraternities that haze like, the, like, and like the days paddle. confused. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> about time to bust some ass <laughs> be real cool if you did <laughs> so in august gertrude accused sylvia of stealing ten dollars from her she was spanked and her fingers were burned with matches Ugh. paula the eldest daughter decided to jump in on this she broke her wrist by punching sylvia in the jaw then used the cast as a weapon for the next six weeks mm-hmm. at church she even bragged about it she was like yeah i tried to kill her oh my god <laughs> And everyone's just like, and okay. I'm like, why did nobody stop this? <laughs> oh, is that right? Cool. I'll pray for you. Um, one day she accused Sylvia of calling Gertrude an unspeakable name and busted her in the mouth with the cast, making her bleed. I'll call her all kinds of unspeakable names. <laughs> I got all kinds of names <laughs> to call her. Sylvia was pretty much being starved by this point, And if she found any food to eat and didn't give it to the other kids, she would be punished for that. Uh, one night. Never- out of this case, I just don't understand why Sylvia was treated so shitty compared to all the rest. Like, well, I, I get to that. It's basically because they were jealous of her. Yeah. 
because, and actually it's kind of funny to me, the pictures I saw of her, she was cute, but they said she was actually missing one of her front teeth from uh, playhouse, you know, roughhousing with one of her brothers when she was younger. Yeah. So I'm a little jealous. I mean, I don't know. All the pictures I saw, she was cute, but she also was smiling with her mouth closed. So no, <laughs> poor little thing. All right. Poor cookie. Poor cookie. Um. So one night the kids went to a church supper and it was the first time in weeks that Sylvia could eat something she liked. So of course at home, Paula told Gertrude that Sylvia and Jenny overate and they were stripped and paddled. Sylvia got paddled 15 times on the back. Fucking Paula. <laughs> Snitching ass bitch. Snitches get stitches. Okay. And end up in ditches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes she would be forced to go uh, without eating for days, and sometimes the family would do sadistic shit, like take turns loading a hot dog with different things, ketchup, mustard, spice, I mean, nothing gross. I was like, what are they loading it with? <laughs> <That> <laughs> like... They would like they would like load it on there and then force her to eat it, and then when she vomited it up, they'd make her eat that. Oh. <clears throat> Another time she was given a bowl of soup to eat and told she had to eat it with her fingers. Oh, how yeah. do you do that? You can't just like, okay. Maybe you can scoop it, you know, with your hand. Nobody can see me, but y'all, but I'm scooping. (laughs) So in late August, Gertrude and the girls were talking about boys and sex, and Sylvia mentioned that she missed an old boyfriend. Gertrude kept questioning her and questioning her, so Sylvia finally admitted that she once climbed under the covers with the boyfriend. (gasps) Scandalous. So Gertrude started accusing her of being pregnant, and... (laughs) Because that's what happens when you go under covers with a boy, you're... Oh, you're just pregnant. Wait. Just wait. Right. I'm never going under covers with my husband again. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Paula shoved her out of a chair, telling her she didn't deserve to sit there, which was super hypocritical because Paula was 17 and pregnant by a married guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. That sounds, that sounds like a smart plan, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> she had run off with him, but she came back after, I guess he went back to his wife. So it's <laughs> like she got under the covers with him and guess what? she wound up pregnant she got under the covers with him she got pregnant <laughs> she went to be with him and he was like whoa bitch i'm married <laughs> go back home <laughs> whoa, bitch. that's it so- dallas i can't get under the covers with you anymore right? i don't want no more children <laughs> get your own blanket this is why this is why some husbands and wives have separate be- beds mm-hmm Oh, I don't have separate. I thought that was going to go somewhere else. I was going to say, me, <laughs> me, me and Dallas going to go. Well, I was just going to say, me and Dallas actually do have separate blankets because. <laughs> do you? Yes, we do because I don't like how thin his blanket is. I like, <laughs> I like my blanket to be cozy, and he thinks it's too hot. So well, we then do. you should be safe. Because you have your separate bed. Well, I know, I know. I was just totally kidding. But yeah, no, we really do sleep with separate blankets. <laughs> I tell Johnny, I have big queen size blanket and I'm like, I'm a queen. So this is just sized for me. <laughs> you get your own blanket. <laughs> you peasant. <laughs> Poor Johnny. Yeah. So the house had become a hangout for all the neighborhood kids, especially boys because Gertrude basically let him do whatever they want because she <laughs> clearly because her daughter is pregnant <laughs> is a hoe bag and Gertrude is also a hoe bag she would like put on music and try to dance sexily for them but keep sexily. in mind sex- <laughs> I don't know if that's a word <laughs> I've made it a word sexily but like so picture this scrawny 
Yeah, because you said she wasn't even 100 pounds. And she's 37. She looks like she was road hard and hung up wet. And she's like, oh, dancing. <laughs> she, she does. When you said she was 37, I was like, really? Because she looks like she's like in her 60s. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've got a picture on my phone. I don't want to make the chair squeak though. Because okay. <laughs> that this is the squeaky chair. <laughs> it is. It is. She does look rough. So her, uh, all... resting picture, her mug shot. That's her resting called. picture. <laughs> That's a word. <laughs> but so she would like, one of them would sit there and watch her and like got all excited because the strap on her tank top fell down and he mm. saw her shoulder. And I was like, oh, her ankles, her ankles. Right. <laughs> to them, Sylvia was just cute and likable and therefore a threat to them. In the fall, the kids began at attending Arsenal Tech and Sylvia and Stephanie, who was Gertrude's second oh. oldest daughter. Yes. Does she look 37? Yeah, no, that's a rough 37. Guys. That's a rough 37. That's 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 not cute. I was like, my father's almost 70 and he looks younger than her. Yeah, that's sorry, Dad, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dad. <laughs> um, but so Sylvia and Stephanie, the second oldest daughter, they worked in the cafeteria so that they could have a hot lunch every day. Soon Sylvia's attendance became super spotty. And when the teachers contacted Gertrude, they said she just didn't have any interest in school. And she also told that to Stephanie because Stephanie was questioning because her and Sylvia had become friendly with each other. Which it's, it's just astonishing how that was okay back then because it's not anymore. <laughs> you get child protective services called on you. Right. So Seth, you can take this out later. Seth was suspended from school and he went to work with Chris that one day. He did. And he was like, the police looked at me and I'm like, they're wondering why you're not in school, son. Tell them you've been suspended. It's fine. Also, it I think it didn't end up being the police. I think it was like the public works for the city or something like that. But my kid's not smart. So <laughs> he was like, it's the Pope. <laughs> um, in reality, she had forbidden Sylvia to attend and Sylvia had never been a great student. So she didn't really care because she was having a hard time there too. Um, she was getting tired of being slut shamed at home. So she actually spread rumors about Paula and Stephanie, even though she was friends with Stephanie. Oh, I was like, that's kind of bitchy, but yeah, whatever. Mean girls. <laughs> but uh, she spread rumors about them. And when Stephanie confronted her and Sylvia admitted it, Stephanie actually punched her in the mouth. And then they both cried. Okay. <laughs> like, Let's cry together. Let's cry it out. <laughs> that was actually the only time Stephanie ever assaulted her. And I'm not going to say that it wasn't. I mean, she was she deserved it for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I hate to say she deserved that one, but she kind of did. I understand it. It's, they're like <laughs> teens and rumors are being spread and feelings are getting hurt. You said I would hook up with dudes for $5, so I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. And then I'm, we're both going to cry because I feel bad. Fair. So unfortunately, Stephanie's boyfriend, Coy Hubbard. Coy? Coy. Okay. C-O-Y. Like the fish? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's C-O-I, but whatever. C-O-Y. Stop spelling at me. Coy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a 15-year-old Coy Hubbard, he didn't share Stephanie's attitude, and he beat Sylvia's ass when he got home. Oh. He slapped her, he banged her head into the wall, Damn and then boy. he, like, flipped her in the air and onto her back, and Gertrude paddled her. Because she hadn't had enough. Because that's what Gertrude does. So she began ma manipulating not only her kids, but the neighborhood kids as well. She would make up comments that Sylvia would supposedly say and watch as they would attack her. Oh my god and for whatever reason sylvia was always reluctant to fight back like she never did anything she just took it um she one time watched 10 of them attacking sylvia at one time beating her kicking her burning her 
And she even forced Jenny to slap her one time by slapping her in the face. She would, you know, threaten her. We're Aww. gonna do this to you if you don't slap your sister. So sad. I'm like, poor Jenny. I mean, she's probably scared to death. So let's see what else. Oh, and well, this. Oh, <laughs> Sylvia was even forced to strip naked and masturbate with a glass bottle in front of Gertrude and some of the kids to show Jenny just what kind of a girl Sylvia was. Oh my. So you would think, as we discussed earlier, you would think someone would notice something and call the police right, or you would report think she something. Would been covered in bruises. She and... was covered in bruises. Yeah. <laughs> so people just turned a blind eye. They, um, there was a neighbor that moved in in October and came by to meet Gertrude. She was actually looking for a caregiver for her two small kids. No, not there. <laughs> well, she she quickly was like, no, I don't want her watching my kids. But she she liked her. She liked Gertrude. And she came over there a couple times in October. And she both times she saw the bruises all over Sylvia's face. And she actually witnessed Paula, Paula punishing her. But Gertrude would just be like, she's prostituting herself. She's, you know, she's stealing. She's doing this. So Miss Vermillion was just like, okay. No, no. <laughs> You're as bad as everybody else. Uh, another neighbor, Mrs. Duke, was told of Sylvia's beatings by her daughter, but just assumed her daughter was exaggerating. Maybe just check into it, though, just, right. just to be sure. Uh, like, if she's exaggerating, fine, you know, but just, like, check into it. <laughs> Reverend Roy Julian from the local church, where they had had that church supper that mm -hmm. they were then punished for overeating. For, yeah. He came by to visit, because he would do that with his parishioners. And Gertrude sat there bad-mouthing Sylvia and making Jenny corroborate her stories. So the Reverend, even though he knew Sylvia and he liked her, he just took their word for it and left. He was like, I was sad to hear that about her. That, that, and just left. Do your job, bro. <laughs> You're a Reverend. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> like there's no words. <laughs> Sylvia and Jenny actually met up with their sister Diane a couple times at a park close to the Banaszewski house and the first time they told her and she same thing she didn't believe it she thought they were just griping and she knew that you know when they were younger they were a little not even out of control just a little just kids yeah just being kids so they were like oh she was thinking oh they must have gotten punished and they're mad they're just yeah they're just mad about it it's fine again just look into it <laughs> well one parent actually called and gave an anonymous phone call to a public health nurse about a ch child with open sores and the nurse came to the house and Gertrude claimed that Sylvia had open sores because she wasn't cleaning herself and that she was a prostitute she told the nurse she had kicked Sylvia out and didn't know where she was when Lies. Sylvia was locked in the basement at the time mm -hmm. so the nurse left never followed up Gertrude was just so good at playing the victim that the neighbors just felt sorry for the sickly woman raising nine kids. Just, yeah, she's got a couple black eyes and open sores. She's fine. Mm -mm. She's just dirty. Around October 12th, Sylvia was forced to start sleeping in the basement on a bed of rags because she was wetting the bed. Yeah, like after so much abuse, like she couldn't. She was incon incontinent. Incontinent. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> I'm not good with words. Words are hard. Words hear. are hard. That's not even close to the word. That's worse than what I do. <laughs> um, so Gertrude taught and encouraged the children to push her down the basement stairs. Anytime she came upstairs, whether it was to clean, you know, because by that time, you know, she was still the maid to clean or anything, they would push her down the stairs. Her diet consisted of crackers and water, and every other night, the children would bathe her in scalding hot water with her hands and her feet bound. 
they would gag her so that her screams wouldn't disturb the neighbors. Gertrude and the children began burning Sylvia with cigarettes and matches regularly, and she developed sores the size of baseballs. Paula and Coy would administer first aid by holding her down and rubbing salt into the open wounds. Oh my God. I was like, you motherfuckers. Right? Um, When Sylvia developed one on her scalp, her head was held under a faucet of piping hot water. Mm. Can you imagine how but, painful that yeah, is? November. I'm sorry, but we also should have said at the very beginning, trigger warning. <laughs> uh, trigger warning, hey. And as we've said before, blanket trigger warning for the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, this one's a rough one. It is a rough one, yeah. Koi began practicing judo on her regularly. He would chop her in the face, flip her repeatedly on the <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that, but I'm just like, really? The judo just came out of nowhere. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Um, he would then, after he got done, throw her down the basement stairs and slam her head repeatedly into a wall. <sighs> Gertrude began charging the neighborhood kids five cents for a chance to view Sylvia lying naked on the bed and beat her. I'm sorry, you can't collect five cents for turning in bottles, but you can charge the neighborhood kids five cents to come and look at this. And, and kids were like, okay, cool. You Here's a nickel. There's no words. <laughs> Um, after about a week in the basement, Gertrude and Paula forced Sylvia to write a letter stating all of her misdeeds and claiming she ran away with a group of boys. That way, in case a social worker or any other official came looking for her, they could give her this note or give them this note mm-hmm. and be like, this is where she is. She ran away. Um, she then had her 12-year-old son, Johnny, get some shit from her baby brother's diaper oh. and rub it all up in her mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> um, they would give her a half a cup of water a day. After a couple days, instead of giving her water, they gave her urine, and that had to last all day. No. No. That's awful. It's so awful. So, the weekend of October 30, 30, 20, the, the 23rd. Oh. <laughs> there is no October 33rd. No. <laughs> <laughs> October 23rd would be the worst for poor Sylvia. October just must go on forever. <laughs> Yay for spooky season. <laughs> like one of the neighborhood boys, Ricky Hobbs, who was 15 at this time, helped Gertrude etch, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, into Sylvia's stomach with a sewing needle. Mm. She said that since Sylvia branded her two daughters as prostitutes, she was now going to be branded. I'm sorry, you branded her as a prostitute first. Like, you started it all. (laughs) Like, hey, just because I said they were, that's not branding them permanently. No, like, what? And then she would, like, taunt her that you're never going to be able to get married because of this being carved into your stomach. Mm. Um, Ricky and one of Gertrude's daughters, Shirley, who was 10 at the time, then used a match to heat up an anchor bolt so that they could brand her. And P.S., they were also special. They were supposed to do it in an S, but they did it in a three. Oh, (laughs) that's not the same. Not the same at all. Throughout the entire weekend, the children and Gertrude took turns beating her. Gertrude would hit her over and over with a brass curtain rod. Coy knocked her unconscious with a broomstick, and Johnny would tie her up and hang her up to the stairway railing so that her feet were barely touching the ground. You know, like the mob does. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know the mob. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> they helped me do my out of there. <laughs> so Sylvia knew she was dying by this time and told this to Jenny. But Jenny, sweet Jenny, was convinced that Gertrude was going to get her medical help. Why would she? No, it's so sad. Um, Sylvia soon became delirious and her words were unintelligible. And when she tried to eat a rotten pear, she stated she could feel the looseness in her teeth. Oh. So some of the family members finally started to get a little worried. 
and about time they were like trying to feed her and they gave her a bath in warm water and but it you know basically too little too the late damage by then. had been done yeah um Gertrude of course being Gertrude even trying to feed her if Sylvia couldn't eat she would lose her patience and like start hitting her at one point she like threw her on the ground kicked her in the head and then stood on it for two minutes for two minutes two minutes I guess they timed her I don't know okay <laughs> um so she kept losing patience she was convinced Sylvia was faking it and kept attacking her and trying to attack her sometimes the kids would hey calm down go away right something bad's happening on October 26th Sylvia quit breathing and while Stephanie administered CPR Ricky called the police but by the time the police arrived she was already dead they saw a young girl lying dead on a soiled mattress covered in open sores, missing skin, and cigarette burns. She had two black eyes and her lips were shredded. Mm. So Gertrude gave the letter that Sylvia had been forced to write and claimed that she had been trying to nurse her for the last hour. Wait, she gave the letter saying, I'm leaving, I'm a prostitute to them? Yes, she <laughs> told them that she came back, that she had been attacked by these guys that she had, you know, agreed to have sex with. And after they attacked her, she came back and Gertrude had been oh, trying to nurse her for the last hour. She's a hero. She, yeah, she is. She is like night, Florence Nightingale. That's yeah, the nurse. That's the nurse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paula agreed that it was just meant to happen and basically issued a veiled threat to Jenny. If you want to live with us, we'll treat you like our own sister. Why like, would you believe that? I wouldn't believe that. <laughs> like, I'd say, nah, brush. They did it. <laughs> like, you've, you've peddled me before. I don't believe you. Right? So she agreed with everything that they said, but then she whispered to the officers, you get me out of here and I will tell you everything. Yes. So they, thank yes. you. <laughs> yes. About fucking time. Right. So they got her out of there and took her statement and then arrested Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and Johnny Banaszewski as well as Coy Hubbard and Ricky Hobbs. Gertrude, of course, blamed the kids. She said the only thing she did was made her sleep in the basement because she was wetting the bed. Paula, being a freaking psychopath, mm -hmm. she fully admitted to speeding Sylvia repeatedly. <laughs> She's <laughs> she, like, yeah, I did it. What? She's like, yep, I hit her with my cast. I broke my wrist, wrist on her jaw. No remorse. Paula, Paula's got problems. <laughs> Paula is fucking crazy. Okay. So Johnny also confessed to taking part in some of the beatings. A few more children from the neighborhood were arrested, but not charged with their death, only with causing injury to a person. These charge, charges were later dropped, and they agreed to, what's it called, testify for the prosecution. I was like, not the defense, those are the bad people. Yeah. <laughs> they made a plea bargain with them, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the charges against Stephanie were dropped due to insufficient evidence, and she agreed to testify for the prosecution. So Jenny, Stephanie, and several of the neighborhood kids testified about the abuse, and then the county coroner got on there and discussed her autopsy, showed she had 150 injuries at the time in various mm. states of healing, including burns, bruising, and muscle damage. He testified that her fingernails were bent backwards, and Ooh. she was basically in a state of shock during the last couple days of her life, which is why she was delirious. That's so sad. So sad. And she's 16. I'm like... Mm. A court-appointed doctor testified that Gertrude was perfectly safe when all of the abuse and torture was taking place. Even her defense attorney said, and I quote, she committed acts of degradation that you wouldn't co com uh, commit on a dog. But then he went for an insanity plea. What? Uh, in May 1966, after eight hours of deliberation, the jury found everyone guilty. <laughs> um, Gertrude of first-degree murder, Paula of second-degree murder, 
And Johnny, Coy, and Ricky, since they were so young, they were just convicted of manslaughter. Gertrude mm -hmm. and Paula were sentenced to life, but their convictions were later overturned, and they were retried in 1971. Paula pled guilty this time to voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to two to 21 years and was released the following year. Two to 21 and then released? Released. So by that point, she had served six years, even though she was a less than stellar inmate who had escaped prison twice. What the? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> who? No. No, you're not. <laughs> Gertrude basically rolled the dice with a new trial and was again found guilty of first degree murder with the same sentence of life. She, as they always do, became a model prisoner. She, the other inmates called her mom. She was a den mother. She, you yeah. know, she was just a wonderful person. Vomitous. And even <laughs> though she continued to downplay her involvement in the abuse was paroled in 1985. So after 19 years. Mm-mm. Johnny, Ricky, and Coy all served less than two years of their sentence and were all paroled in 1968. Coy Hubbard continued his criminal ways throughout his adult life and died at 56 from a heart attack. Ricky Hobbs died of lung cancer at 21. Oh, damn. Right? It's called karma. <laughs> it like, is karma, but I'm like, did you karma. smoke non-filtered cigarettes like every hour like, of every day? Smoke them back to back? <laughs> like, what the hell? I'm just saying, it's called karma. <laughs> it is you motherfucker that's what you get johnny banaszewski changed his name to john blake became a lay minister and hosted counseling sessions for children listen they always do that <laughs> why did. is there so many that that <laughs> think if they find god that they're a better person <laughs> he did acknowledge that he and the rest of them should have had more severe punishments but he did use his life as an example that young criminals can be rehabilitated well okay he died from diabetes. Oh, the diabetes. The diabetes. Got, got the diabetes. He died from that in 2005 at 52. Paula Banaszewski changed her name and worked as a school counselor aide for 14 years. A school counselor? Uh, that's hilarious. What the actual fuck? When her true identity was discovered, she was fired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit, you can't be around kids or anyone. You are a horrible human being. You, how did you get out of prison? <laughs> Whatever happened, she was pregnant. Whatever happened with her kid? Her baby was adopted out. Okay, good. She's now married with two children. The baby or Paula? Paula. Paula is now married with two children Ugh. besides the one that was adopted out. Not much is known about that one. I don't feel safe. For the, I don't feel those children are safe. But I'm like, you know what? That's like the children of, you know, Ch Charles Manson. It's like, I would rather not know who my parent, my real parents were. Yeah. How do you live with that? Like, just that stigma. Well, these kids are like with her though, right? Like they're being raised by These her? two kids are. The one that was adopted out got lucky. What's going to happen when they get older and Google shit and find out what their mother is? Gertrude okay. Gertrude Banaszewski continued to downplay uh, Sylvia's death and blame everyone else, including her asthma medication. Got that, got that flow in messing it up. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> medicine made me do it. Those damn inhalers. <laughs> My flow makes me crazy. <laughs> better, oh shit, I better take Aiden off of it. <laughs> Put him on some freaking... She died of lung cancer in 1990, and when Jenny Lycan saw the obituary, she cut it out, mailed it to her mother with the note, some good news, damn old Gertrude died. Ha ha ha, <laughs> I'm happy about that. <laughs> so Jenny Lycan spent the rest of her life dealing with extreme anxiety. 
I bet. She felt guilty for not getting help for her sister, even though she was constantly threatened and sometimes abused as well. She was adamant that her parents were to blame for placing them with the Banaszewskis, as they trusted Gertrude's claim that they would be cared for like family. Like, you didn't even know her. You met her once for, you like, a couple hours. Didn't even walk all the way in the house. In later life, she became reclusive, and she died of a heart attack in 2004 at the age of 54. So sad. I did read something, and I don't know how true it is, but um, it was said that because she was so reclusive that actually someone, a delivery, a pizza delivery man knocking on the door was what scared her and caused her to have her heart attack. Oh, my God. Again, God. I don't know how true that is, but that was in one of the articles I read. Wow. I was like... That is horrible. Yeah. Bless I did not up. know that. That was, yeah. Wow. Like, did you forget that you ordered pizza? <laughs> I don't. Maybe her husband <laughs> and she didn't know. That's all. <laughs> did, did the door, yeah. did the door dash deliver to the wrong house again? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so that is the horrible, horrible, so horrible, horrible it case. It is horrible. Of poor Sylvia Likens. Oh. I know. I'm just like, how? I have now. nothing to say. I'm like, that fucking family should all have like been burned at the stake. Uh, like the whole neighborhood kids, like everybody, everybody was involved. Like, like, everybody. It was where like, you live that there's so many awful people just like ready to abuse some poor girl. I'm like, holy fucking like gang mentality. What the hell? Yeah. Holy rusted metal, Batman. <laughs> 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 So yeah, they did finally tear that house down, but after it had been used as like a, sh a women's shelter and oh god, <laughs> I'm like that is not where I would want to stay. No, no. Slap down some new carpet, slap some paint on the walls. <laughs> That's our tour guide said that last night. <laughs> One of the apartments where a journalist or a radio host, radio host. Was, was murdered, and they kept renting it out, and people were like, "This bitch is haunted. What's going on?" So finally, they just started using that as the model home. They would oh, just okay. Slap down some carpet, put slap some on some paint, paint on the walls, and for rent. But it was haunted AF. Yeah, she said that AF. She did say that. I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that on that. Yeah, well, follow us on this stuff. <laughs> it's very <become> awkward. <laughs> Watch us on the facey space. That's right. Watch, yep. watch us on the facey space. <laughs> Follow us on the facey space. <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, thank you to our special guest. Yay! I hope I wasn't too awkward. No, well, I mean, we're awkward. You can't be. <laughs> we're, we're always awkward. I hope I didn't out awkward y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, should be that be that on that? Should yeah. We? Yeah, let's be awkward. Let's be awkward again. You want to be awkward with us? Sure. <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>